It's my privilege to open up this new series, and um, it's, it's really good to hear that the All Blacks won a game. Yeah, come on. Because usually when I get to speak, they've lost, and so <laughs> Pastor Ann sets me up, because someone's got to do it. Um, but yeah, they won, and, and something about some warriors, we were talking about like warriors for Jesus, or yeah, yeah. no, carry on, yeah, carry, on. carry on. Hey, well, <laughs> our new series, Open Doors, and um, I said in the first service, I'm glad that Pastor Rant's got an expert in to talk about this, like myself. And in fact, for the last 23 years, I've been working with Garage Doors. Yeah, told you I was an expert. I started back in 1995 on $5.25 an hour, minimum wage. You guys have got no idea today, the struggle some of you might have even started on threepence an hour. <laughs> so things are getting better. Started on, on minimum wage. Um, I spent my first two years at, at the first company I was working for. Nine months of that was on the floor, manufacturing garage doors. Um, and then the other, the rest of the time, um, I was out fitting them and repairing them. And then after a couple of years, I moved on to the opposition. And then spent the next 20 years installing garage doors and openers, repairing them, uh, manufacturing them, worked my way up into sales and, and management. Basically, I've done everything. So after 23 years, you could say I'm a bit of an expert. Yeah? I mean, I know how to fix them. I know how to put them in. I'm a bit of an expert. I could tell you what color you need to have on your house. I've turned into this color consultant and, well, I think that you should have this on your house and, and that kind of thing. I mean, I could tell you everything. In fact, I could break into your garage door. How's that? I've been paid to break into people's houses before. Usually you don't get paid for that when you're from Fairfield. But I, I made a living out of it. And in fact, you'd, you'd be mortified at how quickly I could get into your house. I know all the weak points. I know how to exploit all the weak points of a garage door. I'll be in a flash. Aren't you glad that I'm saved and sanctified this morning? Amen? Amen? So, if you were to ask me what the fundamental purpose of a garage door is, uh, uh, sorry, well, a, a door in general, I'll tell you from my years of experience, my expert opinion would be that it's to grant or deny access. It's pretty deep for 23 years. Yeah? But, I mean, you, you can make the door as beautiful or as ugly as you want. I mean, we, we make some pretty cool doors at work, and um, I mean, they, they're architecturally designed. I mean, some of them, we, we, we mount them so that the cladding on the outside lines up with the cladding on the house, so it looks like just one big wall, and then you press the button, and it's like a transformer. It just sort of tucks out of the road, you know? I mean, we reinforce them with steel to, to stop the bad guys getting in. Um, I mean, you can paint the, the tracks and the hardware. You can make it look really nice inside and, and, and match the decor of the inside of your house. Um, you can even insulate your garage door. Believe it or not, we're doing that now. <laughs> Times have changed. But the principle's the same, that a door is there to grant or deny access. A door's there to stop unauthorized access to things that are valuable because things of value, if I get this thing to work, 
Do you have to, like, it's like a garage door remote sometimes and you turn up and they're like, Everything of value draws thieves, okay? Everything of value draws thieves. It's funny because whenever there's something of value, someone's ready to take it from you. Hmm? I mean, a a door protects things of of a higher value than things left outside. That's right. Yeah? I can tell how much value someone holds in something or where it's placed in their house. If it's outside, they don't care about it. Unless it's a, like a locked car that you can't fit in the garage because there's so much rubbish inside the garage. I've seen so many garages full of rubbish and the car's parked outside. But if it's inside, it means a little bit more to that person. Yeah? If it means a bit more to that person, they'll reinforce that garage door just a little bit more to stop people like me getting in. If it really means a lot to someone, it'll be locked in a safe, which is a locked door inside the house. So people show me what they value by where it's placed in the house. In fact, I've gone to the next level at home. Um, I've put an automatic gate up as well, um, because we used to do that as well as garage doors, gates as well. I mean, that's (laughs) biblical as well. Um, But primarily to keep my kids inside. (laughs) Because who's seen the crudes? Yeah? That's Harper Rose. Release the baby. That's, that's Harper. I mean, she's all princess and stuff here at church. But when you get her home, I mean, I feel sorry for the neighbors sometimes. But, I mean, and, and, and the great thing about having a gate is that it also stops Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, and door-to-door salesmen. Because everything of value draws thieves. Okay, it, 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 it slows people down from taking your lawnmower. I mean, if you've got your eyes on my lawnmower, you're going to work for it. You're not just going to walk off with my lawnmower. I'm going to make it hard for you. You're going to toil. Okay, but what I wanted to do was also give my kids maximum freedom without getting hurt. Because I'm denying them access to the... Our house is, is on a shared driveway. So I'm denying them access to the shared driveway because I know that kids do not understand the danger. Trust me, I've got five. And Pastor Anson's got seven, so he really knows what I'm talking about. Okay, but kids don't know the danger. A thief waits for an opportunity. A thief waits for an opportunity. That's why you locked your house this morning when you came to church. Trust in God, but lock your house. I mean, who would have driven away and left the garage door open? Ah, she'll be all right. We'll pray for you. <laughs> you haven't got a door? Oh, okay. I mean, it, it took me 20 years to get a garage door. Figure that one out. I mean, we just had a carport and things went missing. So I finally put one on after 20 years. I learned my lesson. But a thief waits for an opportunity. John 10 verse 9. Jesus said this, I am the door. It's pretty weird. <laughs> hey, I am the door. What a remarkable statement. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And I will go in and out 
uh, and, and we'll go in and out and find green pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill. He's not coming for coffee and a cake. He's not coming for fellowship and Bible studies. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life, and then they may have it more abundantly. In fact, funnily enough, Jesus has a thief present with him during his entire ministry. Remember the dodgy accountant, Judas, or money bags? And he's sitting there, he's a thief, and he's waiting for the opportunity, and when the price is right, he sells Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. And then when he, when he kills himself over the guilt of betraying the Son of God, they hang Jesus on the cross between two thieves. Because a thief is always looking for an opportunity. He's not coming for coffee. So, I mean, Jesus says, I'm a door. He's not a physical door. We, we get that. He's talking about being a spiritual door. I mean, we enter through Jesus and have access to the Father. Yeah? Yep. We got that. We're talking about spiritual doors. So, so, and even in uh, Revelation, John says, I saw a door open in heaven. Talking about a spiritual door. We're not talking about physical doors. We're talking about spiritual doors. And if God has created us with both soul and spirit to operate in both the natural and the supernatural, then we need to understand what activates a door spiritually. We need to understand what we have to have to activate a door spiritually. Faith. Now just just walk with me for a minute. But faith, I I Googled, this is from Google. Uh, Faith being a noun. Complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Faith activates doors. Acts 16 verse 25 says this, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. It was like our praise and worship before, that earth-shaking worship. Faith. A great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison was shaken. And immediately all Everybody say all. Not some, all. All doors were opened. And everyone's bands were loosed. Can I tell you that your faith will open up doors in people's lives? Doors that were closed. This was one of the biggest prison breaks in history. Could you imagine that? Pastor is in prison and then he breaks out and lets everyone else out with him. Could you imagine that happening today, Pastor Ants? The mugshot. Faith activates doors. It, 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 it takes faith in Jesus to access the Father. It takes faith in God to open up doors. In fact, Paul wrote 
the book of Philippians while he was in custody. You read chapter 4, verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I mean, he was either full of faith or cracked. Yeah? To write that in a prison cell. Israel Hutton wrote a song about it. But Paul was a man of faith, and that's why doors open. And in fact, sometimes when you walk by faith, doors will close. So that doors that were open in front of you, they look like opportunities, will be closed. And doors that are closed, they look like they're a barrier, will be open because of faith. Three times, Lois and I tried to move to Australia because the grass was greener. You know, the country, oh, you got, you got more than two sunny days in a row in Australia. I mean, we, this is the second one for us today. Tomorrow it's probably going to rain. And then you're going to text me tomorrow and say, ha-ha, you, you got it wrong. Okay, but everything's greener on the other side. I mean, it's a, such a big country. There's so many opportunities. Over half of Lois's family live over there. Um, her mum was over there at the time. We, we, we organized a, a trip um, back in 2008 when her mum was, was living in Brisbane. And we loved it. And you usually do when you save up, you know, some money and then go and splash it all at once. I mean, of course you're going to enjoy it. But we, we, we took note of the culture and we took note of, of, of the people that were there and, and we loved it. They, they, they let you in line in a shop. That doesn't happen here. You 80-year-olds like, get out of my, you know. But over there, they, that's the kind of, I don't know, for us it was, it was like cool. So, so we decided that we would pray and ask God by faith that he would open up the doors for us. No pun intended. And then, uh, not long after that, um, I got offered a job in Noosa, a couple of hours north of Brisbane. And um, we were just like, man, this is so cool. I've, I've heard it's beautiful. We ended up, obviously, we didn't get there, but <laughs> we'll get there, I'll tell you. But so, so, so I went through all the negotiating. We were praying, we were walking by faith, and we we're saying, God, if this is you, man, let it happen. And, and we had sort of negotiated what, what was going to happen with, with pay and all that kind of stuff. And jokingly, I said to the guy, the only thing that will stop us from moving to Australia is if Lois gets pregnant. <laughs> and we had the three, three older boys at that stage. I said, but that would never happen. <laughs> and then two days later, <laughs> we find out that she's pregnant with Timmy. <laughs> and because I understand that when you decree a thing, the Bible says it will be established. I understood that the doors were closed for us. 2013, I get offered this amazing job in Melbourne. And it was, again, in garage doors. This time it was just counting. I mean, you didn't need to be 23 years in garage doors to do this job. You'd count 500 doors coming from Sydney, trucked to Melbourne, shipped out. So you're 505. You know, that's all you had to do is count them in and out. Um, they were going to fly us over for the weekend to put us up in a flash hotel and and, you know, show us around, make sure we, we, we liked the city before we even wanted to go and work there. It was cool, you know. Um, um, they even offered me six figures. Yep. And so again, I said, God, if this is you, would you let it happen? Would you make a way? Would you open the door to Melbourne? And we pray. I mean, it's got to be God, eh, when it's like that good. You know, it has to be. And jokingly, I said to the director, the only reason that we won't take this job 
as if Lois gets pregnant. (laughs) But that would never happen. Eight weeks prior, we had conference in Queenstown. You could see a pattern start to emerge. God was closing the doors. Because I understand that if you decree something in God, it'll come to pass. So Lois said, stop decreeing things. <laughs> but, but we could see that God was closing doors. In August last year, we put our house, well, my wife put our house on the market. Said that she heard from God. The following week, the market comes to a complete and abrupt halt because of the elections coming up. Everyone got scared to buy houses and and all of a sudden no one wanted to buy a house. I'm like, really? Did we really hear from God? Is this you, God? So by by faith, we started walking it out and we started going to open homes and um, we started believing that God was going to open up some doors for us. We found a house that we liked. We prayed into it. We believed that God would move and the house got sold to someone else. We found another house that we really enjoyed, that we loved, and, and, and again, we prayed and walked by faith. Nothing. We had not one offer on our house. Finally, the end of January, we, get, we, we go into multi-offer. We get two offers at the same time. That happens on a Thursday. So we're obviously, yep, this, okay, let's move. Look at a house on a Sunday put an offer in the following Tuesday, and we're in that house in a month's time. Come to find out that the foundation for our house was laid in August. See, God already had it planned. And we can walk through those doors if we're not careful. But I thank God that he closed the doors and we were able to recognize that the doors were closed because now I can look back and say that all things work together for good for them that love him. Come on, God is a good God. And so, faith activates doors. And so if faith activates doors, then we need to be careful in who or what we put our faith in. Because not all doors lead to green pastures. And there are many counterfeits in the world. I also Googled this. Counterfeit means to be made in an exact imitation and something of something valuable with the intention to deceive or defraud. In fact, in 1 John 4, 1, it says, Beloved, if you're a King James reader. Beloved, if you're a new King James reader. Christians, he's talking to the Christians. Beloved. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. 1 John 4.1. It goes on in 4.4 to say, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And if you take the idea that there's counterfeits out there, and you look at the world, you'll see that the world has, has swapped over apostles for professional clergy. 
prophets for psychics, evangelists for motivational speakers. Trust me, we've been to plenty at conference. Pastors for life coaches. Teachers for talk show hosts. And when you put your faith in something that's counterfeit, you open the door to the counterfeiter. Lois and I have dealt with too many people that have opened doors that they shouldn't have. Whether on purpose or by accident. Because when you have your faith in something contrary to God, one of the root words for counterfeit is is the Latin word contra. It's where we get the word contrary to. Counterfeit means made contrary to. And the reason we have people with so much issue sometimes is because they put their faith in things that are contrary to God. Matthew 12, 43 says this. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came and when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. Now Jesus was talking to the scribes and the Pharisees when he said this. They asked him for a sign, because they didn't have their faith in Jesus. They're like, show us a sign. Putting their faith in things contrary to God. But what I want to know is, I mean, the scripture says that when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, it's talking about someone that's had some kind of healing, some kind of exorcism exercised on him, some kind of deliverance, some kind of prayer. And it says that that unclean spirit roams in dry places looking for rest and can't find it. And when it comes back, it finds its house empty, which is not a good thing, clean, it's all swept, and put in order, which isn't a bad thing to have your house in order. In fact, it's biblical. But what I want to know is how does that unclean spirit get back in? Because if you've been prayed for and that spirit's left you, and it's going looking and it comes back, and then it says it brings seven other of its mates with them, how does that unclean spirit get back in? Because if Jesus, in Revelation 3.20 says, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. So if the Son of God has to stand there and knock to the door of your heart, then how did that unclean spirit get in? I'll tell you how the door was open. Someone opened up the door. They don't have the authority to walk into your life without you letting them in. So we have to be careful what we watch. Because if we believe that that stuff's okay to watch, you're in trouble. We were talking about it last night. We had the older boys up for dinner, and um, we were talking about it, because Lois used to really love horror movies. In fact, we, we took the music team once to Spookers. That was, man, we got told off for that big time. You know, <clears throat> not, not here. <laughs> but, um, but, but see, we got to a point where we understood that those kind of things invite the counterfeiter, into your life. If you come into agreement with it, if you have faith in that, you're opening the door. 
See, don't have faith in what Dr. Phil says. I mean, he's a good guy. Never met him before. I don't want to, but his shows are there to degrade people publicly. Don't go to the psychic. You're wasting your money. I see, I've always had this thought of walking up to a psychic and slapping them in the face. I mean, like, if, 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 if they were psychic, they'd be able to block me, right? <laughs> I won't. I promise I won't. But it's, it's, God's still working on me. But be careful what you put your faith in. Because those doors that you open, open up to the, the thief. There's a thief waiting there for an opportunity to get into your life. He hates God. And because God loves you, he hates you. Don't be ignorant. Don't be ignorant. You know, we, we pray for a lot of people, and, and some people come back a, a week later with the same issues. And then a week later with the same issues. And it gets to the point where rather than us wasting our time and getting tired, we'll grab their hand and put it back on their own head and say, you need to pray for yourself. Remember the lady with the issue of blood? There's a lady in the Bible, 12 years she bled. She didn't have a word from God. She didn't have a prophet speak into her life. The Bible says she said within herself that if I just touch the hem of Jesus' garment, she had to make her way through that crowd. And, the, and get this, Jesus is not even stopping. Who knows Jesus knows all things? And he's not even stopping for the sick woman implying that it's up to her to get to him. What are you putting your faith in today? If there's one thing that I can guarantee you today, is to put your faith in God. Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. And if you hear my voice and you open the door, I will come in and dine with you.